This episode is brought to you by the Witty and Gritty 5-Minute Mini Journal. It's centered around Ephesians 6, 10-18, known as the Armor of God. Once you download this freebie, over the next 7 days, take a few minutes each day and dive into what the Armor of God is and why it's important to Christians in their daily walk. You can find this at wittyandgritty.blog. We'll link it in the show notes. Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Episode 1. Three, three, 133. There's so many good numbers. I liked math. Good for you. Until they added letters mm. in the into the maths. That was disappointing. Thanks, Thanks Satan. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing chapters five and six on Autumn Miles' book, Gangster Prayer, and it has been awesome. It is. And if you missed the first couple episodes, be sure to check them out because the rest of the book builds onto these or onto those first two chapters. If you missed the first two episodes, be sure to go back and check them out. The rest of the book seems to build on what she laid down like a good foundation. Mm -hmm, So definitely go back and take a listen if you haven't. If this is the first episode that you are tuning into, please move past the title Gangster Prayer. I know that some of you aren't like me, but I was like, I'm not a gangster. Can't read it. That's not... (laughs) That's not it at all. But we talk about that more in the first episode, episode 131. So check it out. Just a second ago when you said take a listen, my ears heard tickle us in. <laughs> tickle us in. <laughs> take a listen. Oh, please don't tickle us. That's weird. Oh. I do not consent. <laughs> no. Like if you try to tickle me, we might not be friends anymore. Do not touch Farron's feet. Whatever you do. I'm not a foot person. She will kick you right in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> She's got long legs, so watch out. It's hard not to kick your own kids when they accidentally <laughs> <laughs> graze your foot. Speaking from experience. All right. All right. Tickle us in, Farron. <laughs> Gross. Chapter five. Repentant, not rebellious. Fight the lie. Repentance is just a word for old religious people. Yeah, what would you say the trendy word would be if they updated the word repentance? 180. Oh. To a 180. Yeah. Repentance is literally to say, oh wow, that's not right what I'm doing. I'm going to stop and about face and walk towards God. I like that. To a 180. Back Sometimes to it, numbers. It makes me laugh when people say, yeah, I did a whole three six. I did a 360 on that. I'm like, you turn right back around to where you are. <laughs> Okay, I have a feeling this whole episode will include math analogies. <laughs> do you accept this challenge? I do. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't had math since 2004. That'll happen. I think, though, the difference between like the word forgiveness, right? Some yeah. people might be like asking for forgiveness. I think repentance, like you said, takes it a step further. Mm-hmm. It's 
it they both recognize that we're doing something that or have done something we shouldn't but repentance is like a commitment to then change your ways yeah what good is it if your friend or spouse or whatever says oh i'm sorry and then does it again intentionally come on that's not you're not sorry no you just want to be forgiven for whatever temporary benefit it pays you right if you are a believer, you are forgiven for past, present, and future sins. But what kind of life are we living if we are not repenting and being consciously aware of what we're doing and how we can do better? And what, how, what does that do for your witness as well? Because other people are watching you, and we're supposed to be set apart, right? So if we're just constantly living with a sin lifestyle of some sort... How is that going to affect us and affect others? Because that could also make our brother stumble. Yeah, so aside from wanting to please God, I think that when you realize that you're doing something wrong and change your ways, you develop this sense of freedom and relief. And Autumn talks about that and, again, has really great stories to go with that. But it's kind of like when you confess to somebody that you've done something wrong or lied, like, uh, is it the tall tale heart where the heart's beating under the floor? of? I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, You're expecting me to carry the team on this one. Uh, Yes. It's not the Count Monte Cristo, is it? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, Edgar Allan Poe, feel free to fact check me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe or maybe not this guy. Yes. Tells a story about how he murders this guy and has to hide the body under the floorboards of, I believe, his house. And people come over. And he can hear the beating heart. They can't, but he assumes they do, and the beating heart gets so loud that he ends up like confessing and telling on himself. Oh wow! And but no one else heard the heart. But the whole illustration is like when you know you've done something wrong, and it yeah, it just eats at you. And I believe once he tells it, then he doesn't hear the heart beating anymore. Um, So the whole idea is again that that uh, when you feel what's the word? Should I tell this to you? Nope. When you feel guilty, the weight of that just weighs you down. And when you confess or open up or, you know, are honest with people, that weight has then been lifted off your shoulders. Well, and with God, you know he's already forgiven you. So why not come to him and say, I messed up. I want to do better. I will do better. I mean, it's just like your spouse again. You're going to forgive your spouse. You're in it for the long haul. But don't you want it to be the best it can be? Don't you want to grow? And some people might say, well, doesn't he already know? He does, but it's an, you're not trying to change his heart. Right. You need to change your heart, mm-hmm. your perspective on the situation. So he knows you're doing it. He forgives you for doing it, but you won't feel that change or that sense of peace until you reconcile with that and ask uh, for repentance, which is not just forgiveness. It's the commitment to changing your ways. So there's a part in this chapter that talks about not repenting from sin shuts down communication with God. So we're not saying God, like, turns your volume down and doesn't hear you. He always hears you. He hears every prayer. But if you've got unconfessed sin, that needs to be talked about. It can't be the elephant in the room, the thing that we don't talk about, because then we can't ever continue to grow. We get stuck. Yeah, and hearing could also be as far as, like, hearing in a sense of answering so if you are praying god let me find 20 bucks so i can continue to use hardcore drugs that are ruining my life and he doesn't give you 20 bucks right uh so not hearing could be again where's that foundation is it founded in the sin you're trying to commit 
or is it in um, aligning your purpose with his, which we talked a lot about in the last episode. Right. Um, Another point that she brings up too, and that just had me thinking of it, is because we had a series at church that talked about sin and why why would someone continue to sin if they know it's a sin? Well, you're going to get some enjoyment out of it, right? Right. And so I think when you're, you know, doing a self-evaluation, you know, why you do these things that are sinful, that you need to figure out um, what those results are. Temporary, probably great perks. But in the long term, what is it having a negative effect on? And if you can see the negative consequences for those choices, it'll make it easier to hate the sin. And so then if you can hate the sin, then you'll it'll be easier to repent. And sometimes you don't see that it is a sin issue, so that's why you need to ask. Because if you're getting a no, 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 or not yet, or whatever, that's when you can be like, okay, God, is there something that I, like, am I way off on this? What am I doing that isn't aligned with you? And then he will probably point that out to you. Yeah. And again, I uh, talked about this a lot in the first episode as well in this mini series. but spending time in his word um, and in prayer will definitely open your eyes to those things. But if you have them at a distance, how can he communicate these issues to you? Right. Challenge to change. Which one jumped out at you? What is the thing that you are ready to war with? So I don't think we mentioned this yet, but... Um, Warring with, like, going, looking, what is a sin in your life or a place in your life that you need to really do an overhaul on so that way it aligns with your beliefs and with what God wants for you. So, I know that a lot of times perfectionism and people-pleasing mm-hmm. is one that I definitely struggle with. I God doesn't expect me to be perfect, and the only one I should be worried about pleasing is him. Mm-hmm. So that is one that I continue to work on. Yes, you're a nine-wing one, so that's where that kicks in. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I would say mine would be control. I am a one. So, And it's been interesting because I've recently, at the time of this recording, I'm two days away from completing a 40-day prayer challenge. And I have realized over the course of this challenge that I didn't think I was a controlling or tried to control certain pockets of life, but oh, I do. <laughs> and so it has brought it to light, which is very interesting because I, I can only control what I can control and I need to do better with that instead of trying to manipulate a situation or try to pray God fix this so that, I mean, where are my intentions? So mm-hmm. that's been interest, an interesting discovery. Yeah, I think... Like you are an achiever and you do lots of great things and you're a hustle, like you hustle at everything you do. And so I think that there's scripture that points to resting in God. Yes. I'm not good at that. And so rest, I like to think of active rest. Yeah. Any of our athletes out there, you know, like active recovery, active rest. And so it's still doing all the things, but having that sense of peace that God's going to um, see through it and, uh, again, surrendering, surrendering to the fact that he's in control. Mm-hmm. All right, what stood out to you? Uh, the first one, does the idea of repenting make you feel like you want to throw up? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say that, Enneagram 1? <laughs> you got triad, number one. So as opposed to like a heartache or a headache, I would just want to throw up. And if you have been burdened by the weight of 
sin, guilt, shame, confessing it out loud to your small group or to a therapist or to God, like actually saying it out loud, may make you want to throw up. I've been there. But then once you do, again, like you were saying, Farron, our job is to give it to God, and he will take the burden from us. If we are believers, we are not guilty anymore. We should not feel shame anymore. That's not a license to sin, disclaimer, but we should go to him with those things and tell him those things. And I think he, aren't you, aren't you happy when your kid like tells you something that's been weighing on them? And like, thank you for telling me. And then you, you know, no shame, no blame kind of thing and talk them through it. But I, I know I'm thankful when they tell me what's on their heart. I might know that something's up uh, and God already knows what's up. Sometimes you just need to actually verbalize it. Yeah. My oldest has actually said after such conversations, like, God, I wish I would have asked you about that sooner. I've been feeling terrible about this thing that I miss. Like, that's not even a thing. But here I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, too, the reason why it can make you feel like you want to throw up, again, with sin and with Satan in your ear, it's like admitting that you were wrong. Yeah. And for some people, they would rather, you know, throw up, (laughs) cut off a limb. (laughs) Yeah. Some people like, nope, mm mm-mm. Yeah, so when you repent, then that is finally giving into okay, I've justified doing this or having done this. Mm-hmm. So now I'm having to eat my words. Yes. And I want to throw up. Uh huh. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, next chapter, chapter six working, not lazy. Fight the lie. To achieve the miraculous, you need something more insightful than just basic prayer. Oh, isn't that. Segwaying nicely. That was unintentional. <laughs> never, it will never happen again. What a lucky... Hey, y'all's <laughs> prayers have been... They've been praying. Dear Lord, please we'll help, help them. them. better at their segues. Help them with their segues. And it was and, miracles. Yes. Miracles, what are we talking people. about now? <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about needing to do something more extravagant yeah. than just prayer. Mm-hmm. That word just. I use it a lot. I know. Not supposed to, but... I think we don't realize that prayer is super powerful. And no, we're not going to... It's not that we're going to manipulate God or whatever, but again, he is a good giver of gifts, and sometimes you need to know that that's the thing that you need to be asking for. Mm -hmm. I need you to know that that's what you need. This is one of the uh, first times she introduces a piece of scripture that, again, she'll incorporate throughout the rest of the book. It is Isaiah 61.7. And it says, instead of your shame, you will have a double portion. And instead of humiliation, they will shout for your joy over their portion. Therefore, they will possess a double portion in their land. It's hard to read the word portion that many times. I'm going to Farron summarize. (laughs) Farronism this. Farronism. But, um, and it's based off of the stories she shares. So sometimes when your prayers aren't answered... And you stick to it, and people probably even say, like, why are you still praying or pursuing this thing? And you're like, I know God has promised it to me, and so to everybody else, you look crazy. Like Noah. Yes, and then God answers, like, twofold, like, twice as much as you could expect. But Mm -hmm. Noah's a great example. Yeah. You know, I think she was talking about it the other day, too. I listen to Autumn a lot. Look at this. Look at us. Connections. But she pointed out the fact that he built the boat in a desert, uh-huh. born and raised in the desert. Oh, hey, it's also never rained. Yeah. So <laughs> What's he, rain? But also, he had probably never seen a boat. 
<laughs> and he was building one. I mean, y'all. It's like putting together a puzzle you've never seen the cover of. And also, it's not a rectangular puzzle. It's a it's a, some obscure shape you've never. <laughs> yeah. But pure on faith, and people were not very kind to Noah either when this happened. So yeah. how does that make you feel? But dang, if God, you know that that's what God needs you yeah. to do and wants you to do, freaking do it. And God didn't just send a little water. He sent a lot of water. Multiple <laughs> days. No chance of anyone surviving. Yes. I told y'all. And I think that's also, I've used this before when talking to someone else that's like, I'm a go-getter. I can't just sit back and wait for God to do something. And, you know, they were very um, transparent talking about when thanking God for their blessings that they have trouble because they've put in, they've had to work really hard Mm -hmm. and looking at blessing as like something that kind of defies the odds or that just was given to you. And so that was really... A neat conversation to have so maybe some of you feel that way That's that a, a blessing to them means it was just given to you um and so I talked about how Noah uh he built the ark and I'm sure it wasn't easy God mm-hmm. didn't say I'm blessing you with this large boat here you go <laughs> um and he didn't find rest and just sit there and hope the boat built itself he had to work really hard again think about what tools and resources they had back then um, but yeah, he had to work really hard to build this boat, and but it was a blessing that God called him to do it, that he was able to do it, and that his family was able to survive the flood. And so um, I think that maybe if this is speaking to you, reframe your definition of um, a blessing and finding rest as being finding peace yeah. in God. Very good. And what he's called you to do. Well, I'm just it is re- with the wisdom. Come on, what else you got over there? Oh, it's not what me. Have? <laughs> it is what God has given other people and then they've handed off to me, mm-hmm. which then is handed off to y'all. So there you go. Well done. And so she goes on to talk about how prayer works when you do the work of prayer. Yeah. Prayer works when you do the work of prayer. Mm-hmm. And she said it throughout here too that, you know. Uh, God isn't required to answer the prayers as we ask them. Right. But our job as believers is to show up in prayer. Yes. So, again, prayers work when you do the work of prayer. And that takes work and effort and intentionality and being deliberate Mm -hmm. consistently every day. All day, every day. Yes. All day, every day. So, I like this next section. You cannot receive the results of prayer without praying. So... In this book, she also talks about if you give general prayer, you will get general answers. If you get give specific prayer, you will give get specific answers. And I like that. I like how, um, don't you want your kid to just tell, like, Christmas, if Christmas is coming, what do you want for Christmas? Oh, a doll. Okay, not specific at all, but thanks for that. But if they're like, hey, I want this, this one exactly, oh, okay. Now I know exactly what to get you because I want to be a good gift giver. We've hit the phase with my oldest where she says, I don't know. Mm. Uh, I didn't know to anticipate the sadness that came with that. Mm -hmm. I thought it would come with like the freedom of I'm just going to get her whatever I feel like. Uh But then you start being like, I love them. I want to get them exactly what they want, but I don't know what that is. And what if secretly they're asking, you know, they have something in their head and then I'm not able, I didn't know that's what you wanted and then they're disappointed. So I like the analogy you use a lot too. It's like if you're praying to win the lottery, but you never buy the lotto exactly. ticket, 
not that we like endorse gambling and lottos, but that's just a good illustration. Um, so yeah, you got to, again, take that action, step out in faith and make your request known. And she even points out that in the Bible, every miracle began with a request. Mm-hmm. I think this is funny and off topic, sort of. But epidurals, okay? Mm-hmm. Y'all know that women prayed for years. Lord, take this labor pain away from me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have the miracle of epidurals. Thanks, so, everybody, for praying for that. There, there you go. There you go. Uh, I like how she also makes it a point that you don't need a PhD to pray. You don't need to be some super uber theologist that went to DTS and knows all the things and has all the degrees and has their own book or whatever. Prayers for everybody. Anybody can do it. Any age. Doesn't matter. And like all things, you get better with practice. Yes. So if you find yourself like listening to someone praying over a group and you're like, man, I'd really like to do that or I could never do that. Mm-hmm. You got to start volunteering to do the thing. <laughs> Maybe yeah. start in smaller circumstances. Pray with a friend and practice praying out loud mm-hmm. and then with your family and then just keep growing. And the more you do it, the better you'll get. Another great segue, Farron, into how prayer is a lifestyle. If you just consistently incorporate it in everything, that's good. That's better. That's good practice for you. And that's better. More repetitions and you have your kids watching you. And again, it gets less awkward over time. If you're a person who's like, oh, I don't want people to hear my prayers out loud. Okay, well, if you have a newborn, they don't know what you're saying. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And in the Atomic Habit series, we talked about uh, habit stacking. So if there's something you know you do every day that you, well, maybe this isn't habit stacking, but I'm going to roll with it like Mm -hmm. it is. Y'all will have to go listen to that episode to find out if I'm right (laughs) or wrong. No, but like if you know you brush your teeth every day, but you also want to memorize scripture, put scripture on a sticky note and practice it while you brush your teeth. So, um, one thing that you could do with praying too, is like, if you listen to a podcast every day, man, that's going to give you content to pray about. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not on, um, uh, a Christian based podcast, if you're listening to like news talk weekly and the stock market's down, you could pray for the stock market. If you're just looking for inspiration or, uh, whatever, after you consume some information, use that as an entry point. Maybe before you start something, you're going to pray. Maybe you're praying for green lights on the way to work. You know? But uh, find something that happens on a regular basis and make a habit of praying right before it or during it, like while brushing your teeth. But that's hard to talk and pray at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but pray in your head. <laughs> yeah. Pick one part of your day. And then once that becomes like second nature, you can pick another part of your day. I like how she reiterates like, the intention of what you're doing. So what, how are you praying? What are your intentions when you're praying? Are you praying so that you can get something out of it? She makes it a point to mention this over and over and over because sometimes we need to hear it over and over and over to realize our intentions need to be aligned with God. Yeah, and she even um, it pulls out from Matthew 6, starting in verse 5. She talks about... Not being like the hypocrites in the synagogues that are praying for attention, Mm -hmm. which again, for those people that are like, the Bible doesn't apply to anything I see today. Come on now. We've seen some people that may make that choice. Um, And then even in Matthew 6, 7, she talks about do not use meaningless 
repetition and, uh, you know, uh, again, growing up Catholic in the Catholic church, um, there's a lot of prayers that we repeat all the time and they're just repetitive. And what comes with that is, uh, sometimes it's just so repetitive that you don't think about it. You don't approach it with the sincerity or the intention that you might need. It's just uh, routine and second nature and again, lacks that intentionality and specificity specificity yeah, that uh, God would like us to bring to him. It's kind of like when you say when you walk by somebody you're like, oh hey, how are you? And they say good. So usually when someone asks me, hey, how are you? I always reply. I'm, I say an answer and then I ask them how they are. And a lot of, and it's just interesting how so many times like they'll just keep walking. Like, oh, wait, okay, so we weren't really checking in on each other, seeing how your day's going. It was literally just a, okay, hi. Then just say hi. <laughs> it is a longer version of hi these days. How are you? Don't ask if you don't want to know. Mm-hmm. It might seem out of place, but she talks about... Um, the scripture that says, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And so then people say, well, then why do I bother asking? Right. But she points out that this verse assumes that you did in fact ask. Mm-hmm. It just goes back to prove that God is all knowing, right? Mm-hmm. So if he didn't know what we were going to ask him, then we couldn't say that God is all knowing. Well, he is all knowing, but we still must actually make the request. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just thought that was a good one because, again, why ask? Uh, Because he wants you to. (laughs) And there's also times where you feel like you were talking about the person who was hustling instead of necessarily, like, talking with God. So she talks about Abraham and Sarah Sarah in the Bible whenever they took matters into their own hands of having a baby. So he got another woman pregnant whenever God was like, hey, yo, I got this. Not like that. So again, trust God with the process, which is not easy. Sometimes it's never easy, especially if you're the one who's been waiting for a baby forever and you still don't have your baby yet, but you know that it's coming and that's hard. So just make sure that you are aligned with God. It is. And uh, I love that there's lots of stories in the Bible that um, demonstrate that. And there's plenty of stories and probably, you know, at least one person that's gone through that similar situation. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, again, this these are the ideas that keep coming up is not answered on your timeline and answered maybe in a different way that you would expect. Mm-hmm. So I had had trouble getting uh, pregnant with my second child, but through that process, not only did we find medical ways to help me get pregnant, I had her and then a third, and then uh, other people have since used those medical methods, if you will, and experience pregnancy as well. But, you know, I wouldn't have been able to share that story and help other people. I mean, I'm not a doctor. But, you know, getting that information, because I didn't know these treatments existed. Um, so either yeah. episode 36 or 37. Randy's one of them and you're one of them. Both are good, y'all. 36 Listen to both. Listen to both. So yes. definitely being open to uh, prayers answered in an unexpected way. And it, being in that uh relationship with God through prayer, your heart does change and your eyes are open to seeing it other ways. So we've talked before in this mini series too about if you need to be as blunt as asking God to change your heart, um, if that's what it takes. 
Yeah. If that's his plan. She closes this chapter with God is working on our in our circumstances while we do the work of prayer. So again, back to the characteristics of God. He never sleeps. He's always working. He's always putting things together for our good. Those are all truths from the Bible and promises of the Bible. So we need to know that going in it. And we also need to know that prayer is part of the process. And sometimes when we take it into our own situations, it sure makes things a lot, a lot worse. So I like what you shared earlier about, you know, checking in with yourself about trying to be in control of things and giving that control to God while still being active. Yeah. All right. Challenge to change. All right. Which one? Which one are you going with? It says, do you have an active prayer list? If not, make one. I know this sounds elementary and simple, but pray over those things daily and cross them off when God comes through and answers. It will fuel your faith. You will see that God does want to answer your prayers, and he will show himself mighty for you personally. So again, having an active prayer list. Power of journaling, Dagnabbit. Say it again. Uh, We also are fans of the one line a day journal Mm -hmm. a lot of times. uh, I know I use that as prayer, or I just... It's my journal to God. It's not necessarily like, dear God, thank you for blah, 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 blah. But it's like, hey, this happened today, or I'd really like this, or we're struggling with this. And then looking at it the next years or um, a year from now, two years from now, getting to check off or write dates down has been really cool. I think what helps, too, having a list is some people are like, I don't know what to pray about mm-hmm. or how to, what to pray for. And so having a list definitely helps. And then we've talked, too, about Jesus and God have said yes way more than no. So this will be your own running record of, um, you know, the prayers that have been answered and fulfilled. And, too, you might jot how they were resolved, if that's the word, how they were answered. And so then just it's a reminder that you're praying for something, but it turned out this way. Because sometimes we forget because we don't remember everything like God does. So to be able to pull those back out and remember, oh, this is how this played out. Oh, this is what happened. And if I can stand on what that that evidence, then I know moving forward, he can do it again. Not that he can't, but like my faith, it helps my unbelief. Mm-hmm. All right. Was there one that stuck out to you? Have you put work into your prayer? Take the next seven days and begin to get in the mindset that prayer is a lifestyle. For example, when you, when you have a need, pray. What I like about this is it's starting with a short commitment. Chip away. Yeah. So she suggests go at it for seven days. Why don't you start if you could definitely do that? Absolutely. But what if you chose like, okay, go to church Sunday. I'm also going to take the time to really pray on Wednesdays and Fridays and get specific about it. And once that becomes second nature, build up from there. Mm-hmm. So um, it's definitely a transition, I guess, is what I want everyone to realize is it's a process, all right? It, uh, maybe some people can do it overnight. That is great. But don't get discouraged if you went from praying zero times last week and only did it three times this week. That is three more times. Don't give up. Yeah. Um, start where you're at and build from there. Our Switch on Your Brain mini series talks about how to do that and how 21 Days Makes a Habit. And if you want to listen to that one and our Atomic Habits mini series, we're going to link all those in the show notes. And that will give you step by step by step on exactly how to do that in your day. Woohoo! All that right. wraps it up. Yeah. All right. Tune in next week for the next couple of chapters. Sounds good. Bye.
We help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful lives. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access. For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes. 